Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. This is the best of the Schmidt Show podcast. Don't miss First News with Toby Howell and Rebecca Davis. Weekday mornings at 6 on News Radio 1029 KARN. It's News Radio 1029 KARN. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. 501 403 KARN. 501-403-5276 if you want to be a part of the discussion. Texter says uh, says this about the situation in Ukraine. Brad, go look at the videos of Kiev uh, currently, and it makes me struggle to see a full-blown war is taking place. There are videos everywhere of mass amounts of people at the beach, people out on the town for the nightlife, and they all look as if nothing is going on. Yeah, but that's uh, that's anecdotal evidence, right? I mean, there's there's a a massive massive wildfire that is destroying most of Maui. Um, there's nearly forty people dead um, already, and there's a hurricane bearing down on the rest of Hawaii. But if you were on Kauai Island, or if you were on, um. The big island, Hawaii Island, you wouldn't really know much is going on. You wouldn't really know what's actually happening. And and so that needs to be kind of understood because the same kinds of experiences were happening in France as Germany was invading Paris or invading France in World War II. The same thing was happening in Great Britain when the Nazis were bombing London, right? I, I mean, the these events are not, it's not like on TV. A, a war doesn't happen where it is constantly 24-7 shelling of every single city and location in the country. I mean, Ukraine is a very, very large country. And when you look at it on the map, what you see is that um, in the in the far south in Sevastopol, which is near the Crimea and the the uh, the 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 bridge that goes into Russia, it's an entirely different place than where Chernobyl is or where Kiev is. I mean, Kiev is way up near the northern border between Belarus and Ukraine, right at the, the bottom edge of the Kiev Reservoir. And I, I don't know however many miles away the you know the the Dunpro region or whatever they call it is. Um, but it's a long ways away. And so 
while they could be shelling Kharkiv over by the Russian border, the people living in Odessa down along the Black Sea might be entirely unaffected. So to, to say that, well, I'm not seeing anything taking place in Kiev or people are going out to the clubs or whatever, um, life was still happening in, in nearly every war-torn country in the world. So I get the, the, the concern, and, and, and we should be a little bit skeptical of some of that stuff, but, I mean, kind of pull out and look from the 35,000-foot the view, and, and you see that, I mean, I'm looking at Google Maps here, you know, it's a pretty big country over by Moldova and, and along that border, my guess is they're probably not seeing a lot of fighting, but maybe up along the 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 Russian border, up by Kharkiv, um, over to uh, you know some of these other you know you heard about Mariupol down along the the uh, the Sea of Azov uh, or whatever they call it. I think it's the Sea of Azov or Azov or however you pronounce it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's quite as easy to say, well, people in Kiev are partying every night, so it can't be a war. 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. Another texture says, I agree, it's not all black and white. It's muddy as heck, and it seems we're always the ones making it muddy. Well, <laughs> that's a real problem too, right? And this is my concern, This is, and this is what I've got in my show notes. I, 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 it's beginning to feel a lot like just another forever war. And, and that's one of the things I'd like to hear from Zelensky. It's one of the things I'd like to hear from whether it's the Joint Chiefs or, or the people at NATO or, or whatever. It's one of the things I'd like to ha- hear them tell, tell us about is what is the plan? What, what does victory look like? I mean, does it come with the—I the, mean, we knew in Germany, in World War II, we knew exactly what victory looked like. It meant the destruction of the Nazi leadership. It meant the death of Adolf Hitler. It meant the the absolute physical takeover of Berlin, right? I mean, we knew exactly what victory in World War II looked like. We knew exactly what victory in in World War One looked like. Even going back to the the uh, the first Gulf War. We knew exactly what victory looked like before we went in there. Saddam Hussein had attacked um, the the very uh, small their very small neighbor, and all of a sudden they lost uh, Kuwait. Was the name of it? Um, they attacked Kuwait, set the oil fields on fire. We knew exactly what it looked like to win that quote unquote war, and it was to drive Iraq and Iraqi forces out of Kuwait back into Iraq. Now, we still turned it into a forever war, but that's another discussion. 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. Ron in Pine Bluff, you're on the Schmidt Show. Go ahead. Hey, I know this might be a stupid freaking question, man. (laughs) Uh, What would be wrong? You're talking about B-52s, okay? Right. What would be be wrong with nuking the Kremlin? With a bunch of 500 megaton hydrogen bombs. 
Uh, well, so I, the the problem with that is is it would be it would be highly effective. There's no question about that. Um, but what would that what would that unleash? Who would who would respond? Would would Russia well, who start? Cares? Well, I mean, if Russia starts launching nuclear weapons back at us, and we got nuclear weapons, you know, hey, let's get it over with, man. Let's get her done. <laughs> well, and and I've said before, I don't think nuclear war is quite as as um, as earth ending as people would like to believe. Um, but I mean, nuking Moscow is a problem, not just for Moscow, but all of that fallout would, would because Moscow is close enough to Finland, Sweden, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, uh, uh, most of that would, would end up in, in those other countries as well. Not to mention, you know, obviously it's a, a little tongue in cheek, but I mean, right. I mean, yeah, you're talking about B-52s, man. I right. Mean, yeah, I, I, th- I think if I think if we're gonna send B if we're gonna send B fifty twos over and level Moscow, I think we can do it. We wouldn't need to do it with 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 nukes. So I, I kind of get your point, and it certainly would bring an end to that situation very quickly. But then, yeah. But then here's the other problem with it, and I appreciate the call, Ron. It's a it's a yeah. It's an I'm, inter- I'm done. Okay, it, it's, it's all good. It's an interesting question, but here's the other problem with it, right? So if we level Moscow. I mean, let's let's say we go full on. We're tired of screwing around with Vladimir Putin. We are going to send in, you know, two dozen B-52s loaded to the hilts, all with conventional weapons, no nukes, none of that. Right. And we absolutely level Moscow. We we turn the Kremlin into crumbles. Right. We turn it into absolute nothing but rubble uh, and, and a pile of rocks and sticks. Um. We are then, whether we like it or not, on the hook to re- rebuild Moscow and rebuild Russia. The, we would be, by the, the world community, we would be on the hook to make sure that Moscow is able to rebuild its government, rebuild all of the services it needs for its people. And it would be all about, oh, it's not that we're anti-Russian, it was that we were anti-Vladimir Putin, and, and so now we're going to spend trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to rebuild Moscow, to rebuild Russia and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't think that would be the best approach. Um, I, I think I, I think the best approach, if we were going to involve American soldiers, would be to 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 absolutely annihilate the Russian front lines uh, along the border and into the edges of Ukraine. Um, but attacking into Russia, I don't think is, is a good idea. So 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. We'll continue in a few moments on KRN. You're listening to the best of the Schmidt Show podcast. Good afternoon. It is News Radio 1029 KARN. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Uh, producer Tom uh, is, uh, is uh, having a little bit of fun with this. Uh, it is my anniversary today, and uh, I'm, I'm genuinely actually really excited about that. My wife and I have been married 27 years. I'm a very lucky man. Uh, and for those of you that listen to the show, you hear the music uh, at the bottom of the hour and at the top of the hour as we go into the news. Um, that song is a heavy metal version of Barry Manilow's song, Mandy, uh, which is a tribute to my wife. So that's why that's why that music is in there. 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. If you want to... Uh, Want to to get in, get involved in the conversation here? It says Brad, I love you, man, but your intros have gotten way too long. 
<laughs> well, producer JMO is the one that that puts those together, so I, 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 I have no control over that. I mean, I guess I do, but um, yeah, producer JMO handles that. So I, 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 I kind of like them. They're they're fun. They're 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 quite a, a good time. So uh, a couple of of textures uh, weighing in on on some of this stuff here. Um, the <laughs> One texture was a little concerned about the uh, the previous callers asking about nuke in Moscow. Uh, look, I, I try to take every question, you know, and, and he did say, you know, obviously it was somewhat tongue in cheek, but I, I try to take every question and answer it as as seriously and as honestly as I can. And and so, would it be of value to level Moscow? Would we would that move us into the direction we're we're going? Absolutely, it would. It would bring about an end to the uh, the the Russian Ukrainian conflict very very quickly. But what again? Coming back to what we talked about with the uh, with the the previous caller earlier in the show, um, what are the other ramifications of that? Right? What are what's the what are the 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 consequences of you know? Would we be able to end the 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 uh, conflict more quickly than the way we're doing it? Absolutely. But would that entice China into attacking Hong Kong? Um, is it possible that that would maybe deter Hong Kong or uh, China from attacking Hong Kong? Maybe that would actually be the right thing to do is send in bombers and just annihilate the Russian front. Maybe that would be the best approach. Um, I mean, we just there's smarter people than me that are having meetings about this at the Pentagon right now. I, I promise you. So, I mean, I, I think a little bit more decisive action from the United States and NATO uh, would be helpful. But I would prefer to see NATO and the European community get involved um, more than than the American military getting involved. Because if you, I mean, if you look at the map. Uh, and and what's over there in in that part of the world right I, I mean just taking a look as you as you scroll across google maps you can scroll all the way out and see the whole world if you want you can look this up yourself and and you you see estonia finland latvia belarus they all border russia Lithuania is not far away from Russia. They're on the other side of Latvia. Poland isn't far away. They're on the other side of Belarus and Ukraine. Moldova is not far away. It's on the other side of Ukraine. Um, and then you start getting into places like Hungary, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Austria, Switzerland, Italy. The European community, if they are truly as concerned about Russia as they claim they are, isn't this kind of on them? I mean, this would be like us looking at our nation and being attacked by Mexico and then expecting the United Kingdom to come over and help us while ignoring the fact that, you know, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica are all right next door to Mexico. So, I mean, I would like to see the European community 
get more involved in this. If if Germany is concerned about Russia's advance into Ukraine or Poland or Romania or Bulgaria or anybody else, then I think they should be the ones um, rolling out and and delivering tanks and missiles and and ammunition to Ukraine. And and if they still need help, then maybe we get involved. But before that, I'd like to see the European community step up. And they just don't seem to be doing that. 501-403-KRN. Let's go to Matt in Sherwood. You're on the Schmidt Show on KRN. What's on your mind? Hey, um, I don't – I know he's ex-KGB, but doesn't he know his history? I mean, from the dawn of time, every dictator that's ever come up, they, they've been assassinated. Yeah. And but he's smart enough. I think he's being KGB. He's smart enough. No, he's not going to pop his head out because his people or or an enemy is going to crack that melon that's sitting between his shoulder blades. Yeah, and and I I think he's. I think there's already been a few attempts on his life, not just recently, but I mean throughout his his lifetime. I mean, I don't know why we can't send a special ops team in to to take him out. Yeah, and I, you know, I send think, in three or four special ops guys and send them in and bring them out. I, and I think, and that's kind of the frustration for me too, Matt. Is I think I've met a couple of those guys over the years, and I'm not, I'm not one of these that's hanging out in Navy SEAL bars or anything like that. But I, I was, I've been lucky enough to meet a few. I had a, a friend that I worked with at Gateway one time that her husband was retired Delta Force, and I am. I am entirely convinced that we could send a, a very, um, a very small and effective team into Russia and make that happen and get them out, and nobody would ever know what happened. It would look like an assassination attempt, or whatever. And so, yeah, I, I don't know why we don't. Other than, you know, longstanding American policy is we do not assassinate, you know, opposition leaders. Yep. Yeah. I, I, and that's just me. I'm a red-blooded American. I am. I support Ukraine. I don't like bullies that that get their kicks off of killing women and children um, in the name of taking over land. I mean, he just wants Ukraine for the minerals. Well, and that and, that, that and the farmland. I mean, historically, you go back into the the early 19th century, or sorry, the early 20th century, the early 1900s, and and the the reason there was such animosity to towards the kulaks from the Russians is because they created or they they grew a bunch of food on the farmland, and the Russians wanted it. So there's there's more to that, but I'm out of time. I, I've got to run, Matt. I appreciate the call. We'll talk with Earl and Cabot next on News Radio 1029 KRN. You're listening to the best of the Schmidt Show podcast. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds where the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen. You're listening to the best of the Schmidt Show podcast. Good afternoon. It's News Radio 1029 KARN. My name is Brad Schmidt. Thanks for uh, for joining me this afternoon. This, of course, is the Schmidt Show. Uh, I just got a message from uh, from from Jason, who who uh, was earlier talking about. Uh, Ukraine and his connections in Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. He said, "Oh, he said, and the U.S. is eighth by or eighth per capita GDP in contributions to Ukraine, including things like the British French Storm Shadow, the German Leopard tanks, etc." He said, "Europe has stepped up, so that's good to know. That's uh, that's very good to know. So uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, this is being handled a little bit better." Than, uh, than uh, we all initially thought. So uh, 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. I, do, I will say those, this, though. I do still want to hear from somebody, whether it's Zelensky or Biden or, or the prime minister of France. It doesn't really matter. I'd love to hear somebody lay out a clear, articulate plan on, on what a victory looks like. And, and, and because when we know what a victory looks like, we have then the ability to make more articulate plans and, and achieve those goals more effectively. 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. Earl and Cabot, thanks for hanging on so long. You're on the Schmidt Show on KRN. Hey, buddy. Hey. Yeah. Uh. It, it makes me wonder. Uh, I know where you were educated at, in a Nazarene college, and yep. uh, it makes me wonder if if you ever read Revelations. We all know what's going to happen. Yeah, and who's going to suffer the most? We all know that. Right. It's all written, and uh, uh, much of it has been. Uh, much of it has come true already. And why are we worried about who's going to be do this and who's going to do that? We all know who the winner's going to be. If you follow the Bible and you're a Christian, you know who the winner's going to be. But I'll tell you this, America's going to suffer greatly, greatly because yeah. of the way that with Democrats. I'm going to blame it all on them. Because they're the most evil thing that ever happened to America. Yeah, well, I'm going to blame so, it all on them. And so here, I'm going to trust God to right. save as many of them as we can before the destruction comes. Yeah, and, and, and so here's here's the thing, Earl, and, and I appreciate the call. I I I don't necessarily disagree that 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 there is a a. I mean, as a as a Christian, yeah, I, I've read the end of the book. I know how it plays out. I know what the the result is. But in the meantime, we all got to live here, right? I mean, in the in the meantime, we all have to be a part of this world. And so, I, I want to do everything we can to make this world as as good of a place as it can be. 
and 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 allowing dictators and bullies to to run you know with destruction and mayhem uh, over other human beings is just not something i'm willing to to allow to um continue and so it, it there's a that, and that's the problem. And I want to get on to some other stuff. I didn't plan on spending this much time on Ukraine today. But the, 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 the kind of the underlying core message in all of this is the situation over there is incredibly complicated. We can't check out and ignore it. And, and how we manage this is incredibly important. Now, I struggle with sending more and more and more and more aid to to accomplish something and not knowing what. I'm I'm it's very frustrating to me. Especially when we we know about the rampant levels of corruption among our own leadership here in in the U.S. So the kind of the, the, the way to put the bow on this discussion is to simply say, I support Ukraine. I want to see Ukraine come out on top of this. I want to see Russia driven back and the Russian military driven back into Russia. I want to see Vladimir Putin humiliated. All of that. But I also don't want to get in a forever war where we are spending, regardless of where the money gets spent, whether the money gets spent in Ukraine or the money gets spent here in the U.S., I don't want to be, I don't want to be constantly spending another $25 billion here and another $25 billion there every couple of months for the next 20 years. I want to see this come to an abrupt conclusion as quickly as possible. So that's that's kind of the, the 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 view of it that I kind of want to put a, a, a button on it for today and and move on to some other stuff. Some of the other things I wanted to talk about, um, a, a recent story I just printed yesterday um, after the conversation we had right at the very end of the show yesterday about climate change, a a a very well-known and very well-respected climate scientist who used to be the darling uh, superstar of the of the of the media uh, has recently come out and said, look, the reality is this whole uh, scientific consensus in, in, in climate stuff is all manufactured propaganda. So we'll get into that today. I want to I want to talk about that. And I want to talk a little bit more about Trump. I want to as much as it frustrates me to talk about Trump, um, because I feel like he he kind of sucks up the oxygen on basically every story. Uh, the debate is coming up. Donald Trump has said that he's made a decision uh, of whether or not he's going to um, if he whether or not he's going to be. Uh, attending or participating in the debate, and yet he hasn't said wh- what what that that decision is. He said he's going to announce something next week. So I want to hear from you. Do you think Donald Trump should enter the debate? Should he should he participate in the debate? Because here's the thing: from a PR standpoint, I think he absolutely should. But from a campaign standpoint, like I've said before, why why would the front runner winning by as as wide a margin as Trump is winning by, 
why would he lend his own, you know, cred, his own street cred, as they say, why would he lend his credibility to his opponents by joining them on the debate stage? Like, I, like I get it. I see it literally from both sides, and, and I, I totally understand both viewpoints. From a PR standpoint, if Trump doesn't debate, it's going to look bad for him PR, right? But then again, do I think Donald Trump cares about PR? Probably not. Should he debate? Should he not debate? That's the question we're going to ask as we continue with the Schmidt Show next on News Radio 1029 KARN. You're listening to the best of the Schmidt Show podcast. I'm your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. 501 403 KARN, 501 403 5276. If you want to join the conversation, be a part of the discussion. Let's uh, get into the, uh, the next talk, topic of the day Trump, debate, no debate. I get it from both sides. If if he debates, he's he's lending unnecessary credibility to his opponents. If he doesn't debate, does he look like he's afraid to debate? Um, if he's the greatest debater to ever debate in a debate, then what's he afraid of? Why not get out there and and be the the best debating debater that's ever debated in a debate? Right? I mean, if that's Donald Trump. Then, then why not, right? So I, I see it from both sides. It, it, you know, campaign-wise, why bother? I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I, I said the same thing about Sarah Sanders, right, when, when she was not doing a lot of uh, media interviews and stuff, right? I, 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 I was frustrated because I wanted her on my show, right? I wanted to have that interview. But at the same time, I totally understood it. Why, why go into a, a situation where the only thing that can happen is, is uh, a, a, a negative potential outcome for you? So 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. What do you think? Trump debate or not debate? John, you're on the Schmidt Show. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, basically, uh, much of what we give to Ukraine is not in cash. The vast majority of it is in military hardware all of which has a shelf life and can be obsolete. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. And J- and Jason that called earlier, you know, brought a lot of that up as well. That that it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily just you know twenty five billion dollars in in hundred dollar bills. Right. And the thing is, much of this military hardware has to be either replaced or recycled uh, because it just simply doesn't last. It's sort of like your radio equipment there at the station, uh, you tried using 20-year-old radio equipment, which much of this hardware is 20 years old that we're given. Yeah. Uh, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. No, it, and, and that's the that's one of the, like say, one of the positives in all of this is, as well. But like I said, in the end, what I, what I really want to hear, whether it's from Zelensky or from our own government or a coalition of the, of the three, is, is, you know, just what is a, what is a, a clear victory in Ukraine uh, over Russia look like? And, and if, we, if we have that, at least then you and I as citizens can watch the news and go, oh, they said if they did this, that that would mean a victory. And they haven't done that yet. So we're not not at a victory because right now we're all looking at it going, what are they doing over there? There's just not a lot of uh, clear answers. So, John, I appreciate the call. Let's go to Jim in North Little Rock. Jim, you're on the Schmidt Show. What's on your mind? What do you think about Trump? Should he debate or not debate? Well, well, um, for, in answer to that question, I would just say no. He doesn't need to because he will put, probably put his foot in his mouth. And he's <laughs> already got he's already got you know um, 
the you know he he, he doesn't need to do it. But yeah. what I was going to call what I was going to call in is that uh, one uh, reference you made to the climate change, and I saw an article in the New York Post, and it was written by John Stossel, and the scientist's name was Judith Curry. Yes, and she said this goes all the way back to the UN, like 1991, and the overwhelming consensus is that the climate change is manufactured. And so that just says to me that this um, any of these actors in Hollywood and that they, they fly around like hypocrites and emit all this carbon. And the whole thing, it's just another scam that, uh, that you know, the elites are trying to put, you know, put off on us. And um, it's just more government control, yeah. more communism. It, it's, it's just all a hoax. Well, and let me let me read this quote from you. This is from a guy. His name is Otmar Edenhofer. He was the co-chair of the International uh, Panel on Climate Change, the UN's IPCC Working Group Three. He was, uh, and he was also a lead author on the uh, UN IPCC's fourth assessment report. This is an actual quote from one of the leading figures, not some crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist blogger website radio host, whatever. This is one of the leading figures in the discussion of climate change. It literally works for the UN and authored reports on the, uh, the, uh, uh, or for the IPCC. And he says, and I quote, first of all, developed countries have basically expropriated the atmosphere of the world community. But one must say clearly that we redistribute de facto the world's wealth by climate policy. Obviously, the owners of coal and oil will not be enthusiastic about this. One has to free oneself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. This has almost nothing to do with environmental policy anymore with problems such as deforestation or the ozone levels. He, he, they, he admitted out loud that none of the stuff that they're saying, none of the stuff that they're talking about has anything to do with environmental policy. It's all economic policy about redistributing wealth. It's, and it's all about control, and, and it's all about control. And it goes back to another story that happened about a week ago or two weeks ago about a ferry going across the Baltic Sea, or maybe it was the English Channel, and it was loaded with all these electrical cars, and the thing was on fire for days and days and days because these lithium-ion batteries are explosive materials that can't be put up by water, and it was on water, and it's this and it's that, and it's just one thing after the next. It's all about control. They want to control our lives, tell us how to live, how to eat, how to breathe, everything. It's all BS. Yep, it's all about control. And it's well, it's control and Marxism and in redistribution of wealth. They've they've absolutely admitted it out loud in in globally televised and broadcast interviews. So Jim, I appreciate the call. 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. Yeah, I said the Hague, it was in the Netherlands, a fire on a cargo ship carrying more than 3,500 new vehicles was still burning. Um, this was in July, July 28th. So um, was still burning um, in the North Sea after Dutch Coast Guard said one crew member had died in the blaze. The company operating the cargo ship K-Line was quoted by Reuters news agency Friday as saying almost 500 of the vehicles on the stricken vessel, the Fremantle Highway car carrier, were battery electric vehicles. And those lithium-ion batteries just burn. They continue to burn and burn and burn and burn and burn and then burn some more. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's they're they're not um, nearly as environmentally friendly as as the left would have you believe. 
501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. Texter says, I think if we attacked Russia, China would surprise attack us while we are busy elsewhere. Um, I hate to say this, but even if we took Russia instead of opening up the oil reserves, Joe would add 3,000 windmills in Siberia. Um, didn't Putin warn Ukraine to get out of his backyard? Do you think Biden is a dictator? Um, yeah, well, I mean, P- Putin warned all kinds of people about all kinds of stuff. That doesn't make make him right. I, I mean, Ukraine was not in Russia's backyard. They were next door neighbors. So, I mean, and is, is Biden a dictator? Um, that's a tough question. Um, I, I don't think Joe Biden is smart enough to be a dictator. I don't think Joe Biden is is mentally clear enough to be a dictator. Uh, I think he is a corrupt. Uh, I, I, well, he's what I would call it. And, and I think what Rush used to use the term a corruptocrat. He is he's just part of the the swamp, the machine in Washington, D.C., who's getting rich off of his position and cares nothing about sound policy in any way, shape or form, as long as he is able to enrich himself um, with that policy. 501-403-KRN, 501-403-5276. Another texter says, no, he should not. I'm all for Trump, but if he debates, it will end up being all about him. We need a chance to get to know the other candidates. Yeah, I mean, that's the other, and here's the thing. I'm not sure that even if Trump doesn't participate, I I think it's still going to all be about him. It will be all of the other candidates, um, you know, beating Trump up for not being there. They will, they will try to play the card that he's scared of them or whatever. I think the only one that won't be beating up Donald Trump will probably be Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy has no need to beat up Donald Trump because he can clearly articulate his own points of view. Whether you agree with him or not, he's good at it. We'll continue in a moment next on News Radio 1029 KRN. This is the best of the Schmidt Show podcast. Don't miss First News with Toby Howell and Rebecca Davis. Weekday mornings at 6 on News Radio 1029 KARN. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 